Hey there, Lisa Natoli in the house. Welcome to episode 20. And this week I would like to carry on from episode 19 where I talked about ending sadness, irritation, overwhelm, guilt. Because I received this comment from somebody who used a Bible verse, Jesus wept, as proof that Jesus experienced sadness. And I wanted to just carry the conversation on because what often happens is people take things out of context and then have a whole belief about it. And if you actually look at the story around Jesus wept, you'll realize that Jesus always stayed in his certainty. So today is about the certainty of Christ and this is probably just going to be a very short podcast this week. I like just to have really direct teachings that maybe open your eyes to seeing things in a new way. And I so love the feedback that I receive. I know the last two episodes, episode 19 and episode 18, have had a lot of downloads, especially episode 18, I Am Christ. I was so surprised by the positivity and the letters of gratitude that I received because I really thought that that was going to be a shocking topic for many people because it's, for most people, it sounds like blasphemy. And I was so surprised and delighted by the emails that I received from people really feeling a total connection with that message. And I love that it landed around Easter because this is the resurrection of your true self, which is Christ. And Christ, in my mind, is nothing more than your true self without all your learned behavior without sadness, without guilt, overwhelm, blame. These are learned behaviors. And we very early on, as a very young child, most of us were only a few hours old, begin to learn that your emotions get your needs taken care of. You realize that crying makes somebody pick you up and begin to give you attention and love. So you may not be conscious of it, but we suddenly just realize, oh, I'm hungry, I can yell. And somebody brings me food. And I am I need something, I need my diaper changed, I can cry, and somebody checks on me. And then what happens as we go through life is the signals start to get all mixed and you realize that when you have a dirty diaper and you cry, the diaper doesn't always come off. And when you're hungry, you don't always get fed. So you start to really try to feel like, okay, I, I'm not really sure like what I'm supposed to be doing here. And the confusion begins. So welcome to the Lisa show. I'm Lisa Natoli. I'm the founder of The Healing Cure, which is an eight week online coaching program for true healing. 
I'm also the founder of the 40-Day Program for Transformation. I have just a lot of videos and blogs at my website, lisanatoli.com. You can sign up to get on my mailing list. I send emails out about once a week. They're always spontaneous. I never know what I'm going to say next. They often do not show up anywhere else. I don't often write a blog and then send an email. I just get inspired to share something and I just send it out to my mailing list. So if you'd like to keep in touch and would like to receive those email messages, just sign up over at my website. It's lisanatoli.com. And a couple of announcements that Jimmy Twyman is going to be in Boston this coming Saturday, April 27th. And James Twyman is just a beautiful friend of ours. He lives in Mexico now. He's actually in Egypt today, and he's traveling with a one-man show that he created about St. Francis, and I had the privilege of seeing it the very first time he showed it. I happened to be in Mexico offering a healing retreat back in February, so I got to see the very first premiere performance and it's off the charts and he's traveling around the world right now showing it and it's going to Broadway next year. So that's exciting. And he's going to be in Boston this coming Saturday, April 27th, 2019 at two o'clock. So if you would like to attend, just contact me at Lisa at lisanatoli.com. I will give you the details about that. It's donation only. Uh, there's dinner included. So it's just going to be a great afternoon of fun and a lot of Course in Miracles. People from the Boston, New England area will be there. So if you live in this area, it'd be great if you were to come out. And the second thing I wanted to share with you, this is so exciting to me, is the Teachers of God Foundation, it's a nonprofit organization I co-founded with my husband, Bill Free, and we have a lot of online programs. One of them is the 40-day program. There's Living in Purpose Mastery. I did a one-year audio program for the workbook lessons called ACIM 365, and the latest thing is called the Transformation Room, and it's an online global community and we're starting something called the Presenter Series, where one teacher per month is going to give one one-hour video, an interview, and four weekly deliverables. So they're going to give you content for an entire month based on one topic, and I'm the first presenter. So it begins on May 1st. And the topic for May is embodying Christ consciousness, which is a topic obviously near and dear to my heart. And what I decided to do is called the 30 day Christ challenge. And all you need to do is get into the transformation room. It's a very low monthly price. If you go to my website, lisanatoli.com under events, You'll see there's a promo code for you, so you can get in at something like $19. And I've been working for the last week 
on all the deliverables. So that's really where my focus has been. I've done my one hour interview. It was amazing. I loved it. And I did a four step holiness practice, which comes out of the healing cure, which is going to be the first week deliverable. So if you're interested in that, if you like these podcasts, if you liked episode 18, if you liked episode 19, I highly encourage you to get in there. It's completely brand new content. Seriously, I just did it. I just did one of the deliverables today and I did some of them last week. And I'm going to be in there in the Facebook group. So it's the 30 day Christ challenges for anyone who is ready for a brand new way of living to live as Christ. And very few places in the world offer a community who live like that. So that's called the Transformation Room. It's called the Presenter Series. Starts on May 1st. I think the last day you can get in there is the last day in April. So if you miss that deadline, you won't be able to get in there. So make sure you get in there before May 1st. And I really look forward to going through that 30-day challenge with you to embody Christ as your true identity. So I love the comments that I'm getting. And what I know to be true is you choose love. You don't have to stay in any emotion. And all you have to do is notice it. So what I wanted to talk about today was this sentence, shortest sentence in the Bible, Jesus wept. So when I posted episode 19 on Facebook, there was a comment that got posted by someone who said that Jesus wept. And she was saying that that's proof that Jesus was sad. So I really wanted to come on here and I wanted to read from the King James version of the Bible of what actually happened, what that whole story is about. And I, I think it's just perfect timing. And what's also perfect is I already decided that I was going to give a little talk on this. And then yesterday I received an email from a woman who also pointed out Jesus wept. And I thought, oh, this is so funny. Two people have used that sentence. And what this section is actually all about is the certainty of Christ using command, the authority of Christ's presence. And this is what Jesus is. Jesus came to know himself as the presence of Christ, no longer a man, but finding himself in a man body. So for his last three years on earth, he was Christ Christ using Jesus's eyes, ears, hands, feet, voice to work through the man Jesus. So Jesus became Christ and that's the Christ is risen. So in the resurrection, when Mary came to the tomb, she was the first Mary Magdalene to 
to realize that Jesus was no longer in the tomb, and the words that she used is, Christ is risen. So she knew. She didn't say Jesus is risen. She said Christ is risen. So I just wanted to read this. The story in the Bible, this is the New Testament in John, where Lazarus, Jesus's friend, has died, and he's been in the tomb for a couple of days. And I'm just going to read what it says. It says, Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. So Martha is Mary's sister. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, so Lazarus, their brother, has died, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying she goes unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. I love that. The guilt's up, right? If you'd been here, Jesus, my brother would still be alive. So we've got that element in here, which is totally what happens in the world. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So there's the sentence. And so it's so interesting. If you can just keep an open mind and realize that what's in the Bible can only come about in the same way that things are documented today. So that's the first thing. So a lot of the things that are reported didn't come from Jesus. In fact, none of it came from Jesus. It all came from other people around Jesus who reported on what he said. So even when you take the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus's final days before he's captured and he knows he's about to be beaten and hung on a cross and killed, it is reported that he said to God, why hath thou forsaken me? So what I want you to consider is that he didn't say that. And I want you to consider what it's like when you're in the woods at night, you're really tired and you're far away from another person and they're out there praying. Can you be certain that you know what actually got said? And so it's the same with this. Like the writer says that Jesus was troubled, but how do we know that for sure? Since Jesus didn't say I'm troubled, the writer of this passage says, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit. So we don't even know what that is, right? And was troubled. So what the mind does is makes up a story about what we just saw, what the body's eyes report. So then it says, and said, where have ye laid him? So 
Okay, so we're just reporting here. Jesus says, where is he? Where's Lazarus? Where, where'd you put him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. We don't know. We have no idea what that is. So that's the first thing. But the mind just immediately makes up a story. Oh, see, he's sad. This proves it. Jesus was sad. But it doesn't prove anything. Then it says, then said the Jews, behold how he loved them. So according to this eyewitness, they thought that Jesus was weeping out of love, not sadness. So the next verse here, let's have a look. Okay, so it says, And some of them said, Could not this man, which have opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave, it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. I love that. So, this is all Jesus ever did. If you have ever studied how Jesus healed, it is always the same formula. Always. He commanded. He did not pray. He did not hope. He did not wish. There was no doubt in him. He knew the truth and the truth set everyone free. So it was the Christ in him that was speaking from the authority of Christ. So it says Jesus wept. And what happens in the human condition, and this is why I love that this came in as an example on Facebook, as an example of Jesus being sad, because what happens in the human condition is we experience a moment of sadness and then we stay stuck in it. And then we tell stories about it. And then we try to figure out how to get out of it. This is the most perfect example of Jesus wept. One second later, he's like, where'd you put the guy? One second later, he's like, take that stone away. So he's in full purpose now. He's not weeping in sadness and then staying there. He's moving into the next place. Remove that stone. And this is exactly what Jesus always did. He said, get up and walk. Remove that stone. He, it was always a command. So Martha, the sister of him that was dead, Lazarus, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Thou shouldest see the glory of God. I love that. So it's it really is just about that that faith, that belief in this power that is available to you at all times. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. So this is another formula that is used over and over and over where Jesus is concerned in these Bible stories in the New Testament. So Jesus lifted up his eyes. This is identical 
to what happens with the fishes and the loaves. Now, they don't have enough to feed the 5,000. They bring them a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread. Jesus lifts up his eyes. So that is metaphysically looking away from the appearance. He's looking He's looking up. Now, we know that God is not up. God is everywhere. God is within. But it's always the same, and it always is followed with gratitude to God, always. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. This is the Christ speaking, not Jesus. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I love that. You know, get up. Lazarus, get up, come forth. So he's not speaking to the body here, you see? Like his spirit, his Christ, speaking to the Christ of his brother. Come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, here comes a command again. He's very bossy. Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. So I'm going to stop there. But that's, that's just a great example of how things are taken out of context. And in this work where you're undergoing your own transformation to identify with your own holiness and your own innocence and beginning to use this power to know how to work with this presence to heal. You need to stay open. And what happens in this journey, when you're going from darkness to light, you're going from a body identity to the light of what you are, there's going to be resistance. The mind just goes crazy. It's like we've been so habitually set in our ways of being separate from each other that when you start to enter into the light and you allow this experience to come, the mind then will do everything that it can to hold on to its story. And what I encourage you to do is begin to step into the certainty of Christ to step into the authority, to no longer pray to God. The only prayer that has any power is thank you, Father. That's the only one. That's true prayer. True prayer is communion. It's oneness with God. And when you're one with God, you're not praying for things to be healed. You know, you see that a lot. You see people say, pray for so-and-so who's sick. Or people say, pray for me. And the only true prayer is a prayer of gratitude. Like you're seeing your brother truly beyond your brother's stories, beyond the appearance of whatever the body seems to be doing. And as your Christ mind, you're now communicating to the Christ in your brother. This is the practice. And this will lift you up. So you're being lifted up out of body identity out of those low energy fields of sadness, grief, sorrow, sickness, 
pain. And you are lifted up as you allow it. You simply allow yourself to move. And the first place always in my mind as this practice of transformation is a decision to see the sadness and to say, I'm not going there. I don't need to be sad. And then watch the mind go just crazy saying, no, I need to be sad. I need to go through my feelings. I, I need to process this and go ahead and do that. Just go for it. Just take as much time as you need then. But you will come to a point when you really recognize there's only one way out of these energy fields. And that's with a decision that I'm not going to hang out here anymore. So I just wanted to offer that. And I'm excited to see so many people wanting to step into this place of, of really being done with their stories and being done with just thinking about the past and thinking about the future. And what I also know is that this is totally unknown territory, even to me. And we're finding each other on this path where we're joining with one another and we're making a decision that, yes, this is how I want to live now. I, I want to go and be on this adventure. This is the journey I want to take. And you recognize that there's nothing here in this world that you want. And now you're ready. Now you're ready to open yourself up to Christ. I love the prayers in A Course in Miracles, those last final workbook lessons, which are commands to Christ to use my hands, use my eyes, use my ears, use my feet, use my voice. My life belongs to God. So you're declaring the truth now. I'm seeing with Christ's vision. I'm seeing through the body's eyes. I'm seeing past the appearance of my brother's story. I'm centered in the truth of what I am, and I'm seeing the truth in you, my brother. So thank you so much for listening. I'm happy to be back every week. I hope to see you in one of the upcoming events. I will be in England in the middle of May. In Birmingham, I'll be in Boston for the Course in Miracles conference at the end of May. We still have a couple of tickets for that conference. A few people needed to cancel their tickets, so we have a couple of tickets available at the $4.99 price. That includes your meals. And we're going to be going to the Boston Red Sox game. There's also a beautiful concert on Thursday night at the ACIM conference. And so that's part of the excursions. If you'd like to join us, just check out the Thursday night event. And yeah, it's exciting as we go forward as love, as light, as innocence. I love you. Thank you for listening.